This is the Intuitive Leadership Mastery Podcast. What would it take for you to double your profits and half your stress with your intuition? Learn how with your host, Michael Light. Hi, welcome back to the show. I'm here with Nicole Seelinger. And we have some interesting topics we're going to talk about, about focusing on your goals and how to ask for help from your spirit guides, how to make decisions using your intuition, and uh, also about how you can clear things that are getting in your way of having a successful business. So welcome, Nicole. Hey, Michael. Thank you for having me. So you mentioned that when we talked earlier that you have a way of using your intuition to help out with your goals. Can you tell us more about that? Uh, yeah, sure. Well, I'm someone that pretty much like my person- personality is like a scanner, which is pretty much the opposite of the entrepreneurship. You know, like everyone always saying, oh, you need to focus. And I'm always with billions of ideas in my head and wanting to do different things. So when I suffer about those things, I really need to just always ground myself, uh, stop, meditate, clear my mind and really start asking questions, you know, like, so what's next? Um, and connect with, you know, energy, try to see, um, light coming from my, uh, my crowd chakra and then, yeah, try to really see in my heart, like what are the next steps? What is it that I should focus first? Mm. So, and then you, instead of having a thousand different options for you doing things, you, you get a clear message on what to do next. Um, not necessarily. <laughs> I still keep having like uh, a bunch of ideas, uh, keep the list, but I try to at least um, make like it as a priority and focus, you know, like, oh, I should at least go with this one first and handle this opportunity that is coming on the way. Um, that is some, somewhat like I kind of receive as if it's a call, okay, I'll do this first because something's going to happen. And then, but I still have that ones that I can work later on on the week or things like that. You know, uh, I don't completely focus. It's just, I tried many times and I suffer. <laughs> well, I think many entrepreneurs have that same <laughs> yeah. uh, bright, shiny ball syndrome. It's like, there's always new, exciting things. So that's okay. a great technique you, you just shared for being able to, just focus on what's the next thing to do what's the first item to do right now yeah i think it's really important to always to ground myself uh and try to silent my mind a little bit go to nature uh sometimes if i try too much to find an answer uh then i get even more like more confused but then the moment that i really relax uh then the answer comes Mm. That's a good point, too, that, you know, overthinking these things can stop the answers coming, whereas just relaxing and allowing them to come, it it makes it easier to hear the intuition. Yeah, 
and, and especially because the overthinking is pretty much uh, our mind, like our rational side, trying to analyze everything and trying to give you answers. Uh, sometimes it's also the ego coming or even energies that are not ours, you know, like society is expecting from us, you know, things that we grow up with or even like things from our family or friends that are buzzing in our heads. Uh, we can talk about that later uh, when we talk about limiting beliefs as well. But anyways, um, when the, all those things are in our mind, it's really hard to hear the intuition, right? So if we can really silent and relax and just then the intuition comes. Um, it's interesting that one... Mm, sorry? How, how do you silence your, your mind and, and all those other thoughts coming from other people? It is difficult. Uh, it's not like a process that I already completely dominate. Uh, I completely have control of, but what I try, as I said, sometimes is really to just like, if I'm not really being able to just do it by meditation, by grounding myself, like uh, I'll try to do yoga or move my body or, you know, go for a walk, go to nature. I'll try to change and especially change the place where I am, because if we are on the same place, then our energy in that moment, it's there, you know, like if we are on the table in the, on the room, our energy is there. So the, all those all those confusions and those words and those should be doing like that it's in our heads are in that room as well. Uh, so it's really important, I think, to move physically and get out of that place. Uh, go outside, go to a park, go somewhere else, uh, move the body, do some yoga, uh, meditate somewhere else. I've, yeah, sometimes I try to meditate in the same place and it, it continues there. So things like that are really good mm. um yeah one thing that is also interesting that i experienced once was to in moments like this that it was still it was about a decision that i was a bit in fear of doing i was like just rationally i took the decision so once i took the decision rationally like my brain calmed down and then I could hear my intuition screaming that, like, I just couldn't feel, like, the whole day that was like, oh, that was not it. Why am I feeling like this? Why am I ready to take the decision, you know, so we should be all good now. And, like, everything on my body was just telling me that it's like, oh, no, you should go for the other thing, you know. Mm. And, and it was a decision in the moment that it was exactly about if I would sign a contract with a developer to start my website in Brazil or if I would just like say, okay, no, wait, I need to go to a retreat first <laughs> and let everything um, down. And like my, obviously my rational side was really all the pressure and even the ego, you know, like society. No, I, I want to do the website, you know, I've been working on this for uh, like half an year already. And the other part of me was really like, no, you're, no, don't do that. Don't sign it and go for a retreat. And I didn't want to face it that what I needed was a culture retreat, you know, for me. Um, and it was interesting because that retreat changed my life kind of. Mm. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that project went to the draw and like it's just hold on right now. It's on hold right now. Um, mm. Maybe one day, like I'll find people in Brazil to do it. <laughs> But it's not the focus right now. And, yeah, I started traveling, changing everything. I uh, started, like, really diving into spirituality a bit more, learn more about energy and 
and including this interview, I don't think it would be happening right now if I didn't go to that retreat because I learned so much over there. <laughs> mm. So if you just listened to your rational mind and signed that contract and ignored the retreat, you'd have had a totally different uh, business and life. Totally, totally. And I think it was really my essence, like really screaming at me like and uh, that I couldn't do it. But I did take this decision that I was not going to the retreat, actually. Uh, I, I really tried to, my rational side was really trying to find ways that um, to prove that I should stay. And, you know, it was like, oh, it's too expensive, the, the tickets to go. Oh, it's there's not going to happen or things like that. So it was just like, okay, I'm not going to go to the retreat. And then once I actually finally took the decision of not going, um, then I think this brain, you know, just the, the, the mind just like shut down and like just really shut up. I, I'm not sure if I'm saying the right expressions in English, but I'm sorry. Um, but once it was silent, I could really hear my intuition because all my body could sense it. And I was just feeling a bit of sadness and like as if I lost something. The whole day was like this and I couldn't understand it. And I was like, what's going on? And then... Then I was like, okay, no, I need to go to the retreat, and that's it. Uh, I remember that I looked at the sky, and I was like, okay, if I really need to go to the retreat, there will be, like, a, a, a ticket that it's going to be, like, uh, less expensive. And I remember that at night I went to the miles to look at it, and before it was, like, 40,000 miles, like, to go, and then it dropped to 12,000. And I was like, okay, I'm going. <laughs> so you, you received a sign that, yeah. You, yeah, that go. confirmed. Exactly. And yeah, it was both things. I could feel my intuition. And then because of that, I still kind of needed like a bit of a sign, I guess, <laughs> in that moment. And I did it. I booked a ticket at 2 a.m. and I was in the airport at 6 a.m. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Really? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's quick action. <laughs> Yeah, it was pretty much like that. All my friends were like, are you crazy? It was like just sending message, guys, I'll disappear for 10 days. Uh, and then it took me like 20 days and everyone thought I was crazy. <laughs> but you, you totally changed your life from uh, jobs and business. Yeah, like it, it changed me a lot. Like it was a disconstruct like to when you face... Um, like yourself and you see all the layers you know and you learn about the chakras and everything that is blocking you and you can actually in in my case i could totally see like you know how the ego would play like uh, a part in telling me uh, what to do and what i could not do and like making me feel small or sometimes having to defend myself or you know the mind really trying to be rational it was really interesting like to learn more about energy the aura reading auras and everything so it was cool well let's talk about that a bit later and applying it to your business um, yeah. you also mentioned that when you get asked to give us uh, a presentation you use your intuition there as well yes definitely uh, I always my presentations are not that that structured like uh with when I mean it's like it's not something fixed there's always like open spaces for feeling what's the energy in the room uh 
I tend to try to really see the energy of the, the place and adapt to it. And that I think it comes from the intuition. Uh, when facilitating a group as well, for example, when with workations, as I was telling you now, like when they invite me to help facilitate a group, I try not to do the whole program ahead. And I really have like this uh, moment that I will be talking individually with people or just by sensing the group energy when I do a uh, in collective intelligence um, workshop like a, or exercise, then I can feel what is it that they need be, uh, beyond what they're asking for. Mm. Um, so, yeah, because right now, for example, when we, uh, we were now in Romania uh, on the mountains, it was a beautiful place, uh, but it was really interesting that we're actually only guys, uh, only men. In this, so you would expect this alpha male energy, you know, and people being rational and like really pragmatic and trying to get uh, things done and objectives, um, objective goals. But when I was there, I really felt that they were actually needing something else. They were needing, yeah, a bit more of reflections as well on, you know, the core of their business, like ask themselves questions, like really question what they're doing uh, and to strengthen, to also strengthen uh, their personalities, to strengthen like their confidence and things like that. Uh, so, yeah. And then I just pop it up with some exercises that would give a bit more of a personal strength, I guess. Mm. Well, that's great. So you, you got into <laughs> intuition as to what they really needed versus what they told you they wanted to you to talk about yeah definitely of course like because people are asking you like i still try to give them what they were they asked but yeah i try to propose i don't want to and one thing that i've learned in my life is that i cannot like help people if they don't want that you know like uh, i can read people very well and i can sense the energy what is it that they need but i cannot tell them that like oh, you need this, because if I say this, like, they will totally immediately um, refuse it at that point. Mm -hmm. So it's always about the way that I've been learning, like, how to propose, oh, what do you guys think about this? Like, we can do that. And sometimes, like, some people, like, as I said uh, on the exercise, they're like, yeah, it was tough, it was confronting, but actually it got good results and it made them think and later on they were actually saying, saying thank you and everything mm. so that it made for good. a much more powerful experience uh, because you listened to your intuition I think so definitely because otherwise I would just give them like what they think they need and it wouldn't be a real transformation and once you I felt that those things like I cannot just pretend I didn't feel it I didn't see it uh, and then I can see like you, you can see from the beginning of a vacation to the end like how people are doing different things you know um, really even like people saying like oh my god I got in touch with uh, like with a half sister that I have that I haven't talked like in years um, things like that <laughs> so now, how, yeah. how could we apply that if we have a team of people working in our business um, how can we apply reading that group energy to teamwork I think it's about having active listening uh, when people are like talking uh with team you know like if people are just like asking some questions and just like really listening only what they're saying uh you might not 
really see what's beyond. But when you really, you continue to ask and you also have to make sure that you open a sacred space for them to feel confident enough so they can actually tell you the truth um, and that they can show you what is going on. Uh, it's a, you need to have a lot of sensibility. And I, I think also like vulnerability plays a special part in that sense, like uh, for a leader, not to only show always like, oh, that they are doing everything right. But if they actually show their team that, yeah, the, the, the more human side of it, you know, the team might be more comfortable as well to show some things that they need, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, you mentioned a safe space. Um, yeah, how do you a sacred space. Oh, sacred mm-hmm. or safe? Uh, both. I, I said sacred, but yeah, it's pretty much safe space. So how do you create those things? I try to create it as, always as giving the example, you know, like really being open and being transparent. And as I said as well, being able to show my own vulnerabilities as well and showing people that they can trust me and that they, if they need something, I'm there um, to really help with their growth in some, somehow. You know, I don't have all the answers, but I can try to at least listen or see what is it that's going on. And I know it's hard because as a, you know, in business, we are always without time and doing so much. But honestly, like I think like sometimes like people, if they're not feeling empowered, they will just suck in their job. And if they and they don't feel engaged, but once they start feeling that they were heard and they, they were seen, um, they do get that trust. Back. They, they do get the confidence that they need. They feel more engaged even, you know. Mm. Especially if they do know and they participate. I, I'm also a big fan in particip- participatory leadership. So co-creation, collaboration, all those things for me are a big player. And I do believe that teams like that understand why they are asked, like why they're working on what they're working. And if they feel like they're participating somehow on the project, uh, not only by operational side, but like also like, oh, yeah, it would be. Uh, aligning their vision as well with, or uh, wait, let me see how I can explain, or just aligning their uh, intentions as well with the vision that the the businessman has for them. Mm-hmm. Um, or even sometimes it's nice if they can actually participate on the on the creation of that vision or like for a project and everything I can have like some, there's some interesting yeah, dynamics that I like doing. And then people can like, as if it was a brainstorming, you know, but people really building and a project together. Um, people do feel more engaged when they do that, or at least when they do understand very well, what is the mission? What's the vision that the CEO has for the business? You know, what is the, the vision of the brand? What is the mission? You know, what, why are they really using their time and energy for? Mm. I can see how co-creating a project would create more engagement. What would you say to someone, you know, who's a bit frightened about giving up control uh, as to, you know, what's going to be done? Sorry, can you repeat that? Because I couldn't hear. Yeah. If, what would you say to someone who is, you know, they're afraid to give up control of, of what's going to be done on the project? 
they're used to like telling everyone what to do. And you're saying you get more engagement by co-creating, which means all of the people on the team co-decide what gets done. Definitely. Well, I know there are a lot of people will have that fear. And the thing is, like, it's not about giving all the control to the employees, not that the employee is going to do whatever they want. But uh, you can just start with little steps, you know, just uh, being more instead of uh, a more authoritarian kind of leadership in which you just say, here it goes. That's what you do. You have like a bit more of patience, like a little, you give a bit more of your time, at least in the beginning, to just say, so this is our objective, what we want, we, who we are, what we believe, uh, our values are that. So we really want to change, like, you know, our customer side by providing this type of value. Um, and that's what we really believe. So because of that, like, we have this project right now, and we, so your steps are doing this, this, and that. Do you agree? Would you like um, put something else, add something else? Would you do something differently? I think this is already a, a big start, you know, to just explain, just like with kids, instead of just telling them like what to do, just actually explain why you're asking them to do something and ask them their opinion as well. Simply that, like sometimes people can actually bring uh, really simple ideas that can make a difference. So... Do you find this ends up taking more time to get things done or does it save time? I think it totally saves time, especially if you have a system to do it. I mean, instead of like having to control during the whole week, if your employee is doing exactly what you did, you could just have like one meeting like uh, in the beginning of the month, like showing the whole project. Uh, it depends obviously on the type of project, but uh, let's say in the beginning of the month or every week and then say like so those are the tasks for the week like uh the reason is that um that's what we believe that's we what we want to achieve what do you think about it and then you have their feedback already and then during the week you say okay now you do it and then you can have like just one meeting at maybe wednesday night or thursday or morning just to to make a recap like if make sure that what they're doing, it's really aligned to it. If they're having any difficulties and they are going to be able to finish the whole task for the week or not, you know, just something simple. You don't need to be reviewing so much. Sometimes you can really see what they give you. But I think it also changes a lot depending on the type of project and or campaign. It depends on what kind of job is it. So that also sounds as well as saving time for, for you. Uh, it, it also reduces your stress because definitely you know. I think it's it's an investment it's like uh, it's about it's really about trust uh, and empowering uh, your employee you know like but you also don't want to have an employee that you have to babysit so if you start actually showing them like giving them autonomy like to what is it that what is the final goal? Like, what is the the purpose of what they're doing? They actually start, like, also learning about that. They start getting more autonomy. And later on, they can actually start really suggesting even more things. You know, I've had, like, that um, feeling many times that when I used to work for 
a big company, you know, and later on I was just like, I had to suggest and I would say like, no, like really, uh, if I do this, if I just focus on the sales for this weekend, like I think in three months from now, we're going to have a problem with like not having this product in on the store, you know, and I would just have to show them like the things that are going on. Because the employees, they also know what's going on operational. So they see the small things that might happen and what can work better or not. How, how does, in your experience, this affect the group energy? Um, can, you feel, one, can you feel the difference between a company that runs things through a hierarchical control versus they empower and uh, co-create? Sure. Uh I can say, like, from my experience, for example, but, okay, I'm also, like, a personality that has a lot of difficulties with authority. I might just say that immediately. Um, So it was always I felt that from the company that I used to work from, it's a really big company, amazing, uh, but they had just a lot of people that would just not stay there, you know? Because if the if the decisions were only coming from the top and saying like no you need to do this and the people are actually they they are thinking no but we can see that some other things would be better and they feel they're not being hard and all they need to do is like the monkey job you know that they just have to operate uh, make the operational part of some other decisions they it's like as if your brain would start shrinking you know. You're like, well, what would I do here? So a lot of people quit. And I've seen that like in one of the companies, like really big, nice company in Brazil. But And it was really seen and everyone on the market, like in the job market knew about that, that like, oh, everyone who who is worked for this company and it's out, it's actually like, it's really good. Like they learn a lot. Uh, and the other ones that are, still there they normally would still keep on obeying you know just not so proactive so this affected how how successful the company was i think it's it affected like as because you asked about the team uh i think it affected mainly on the on the trust that it can actually build a team you know because if a lot of people are always changing it can be a bit complicated. You know, if people don't feel empowered on a team, um, it can disempower the whole team. Mm. Truth is that in a group, like if you have just one piece, it's just like a machine. If you have one piece that is not working, you know, you can pretty much break the whole machine. So if you have one team person who isn't aligned with where it's going, uh, it it disempowers the whole team. It can disempower, yeah. Like if the leader doesn't understand that, if the leader does is not able to see that person and try to help that out, like to really put and be aligned to the rest of the team, it can become a bigger problem in the future for sure. Mm. So we we also talked about how you use it, your intuition in making decisions. I'd love to hear you know some of the ways you've done that, use that to take decisions. Mm-hmm. As I said before, uh, first I would always try to calm my mind uh, to try to really access my intuition, like the real intuition and not only the rational side of it. uh, I also like to ask myself if I'm taking a decision based on fear or on love. 
how do you, you tell? Know, how do this one like if it's not based on fear or love mm -hmm. that's that one is actually quite rational like I, i will really see if it's like okay am i not taking this decision like for example a project that i really like very much and i'm like oh i'm afraid that this might happen then i'm trying to take the decision based on fear and not on love because it, on love i would try to go for the project because mm -hmm. it really like resonates with what i'm doing mm -hmm. uh and that Because this is a question that it can be a rational still decision, you know, just just to understand, am I just looking to numbers and data to try to see if it makes sense to do something? Um, then I might be taking a decision based on fear. And sometimes, like if we think about most innovative um, uh, yeah, companies, you know, Apple, uh, Even like Typeform, I interviewed the CEO once and he was telling me like, yeah, he started like just asking people already what they wanted for, from surveys. He, you know, they would not have Typeform because it was something totally new that they were doing. Um, I actually wrote a, an article about that like two days ago. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's so I think it's pretty much this can be a rational question, but again, going to the intuition, uh, if you want methods, I would just say always like for the person to try to ground themselves and try to meditate. I think it's cleared their mind a little bit. And as I was telling you before, sometimes as well, like taking decisions, you cannot take a decision in the same space uh, by looking at the problem like sometimes like the whole the energy of the space it's already clocked with all the you know those talking in your head so it's good to get out and move the body and sometimes i just will okay if the decision's really being hard for me to come i'll just really go outside and i'll go relax a little bit uh let go of that anxiety I can get a lot of anxiety on taking decisions and so let go of that anxiety and really let it come and normally like in a few hours or the next day at least the decision is there for me. Uh, I know the answer. What is it that I should do? How, how do you know you've, you're, you know the answer from your intuition versus not? it's not just part of your ego telling you? How do you tell the difference for you? Uh, those things are really like, I think it takes a lot of self-awareness to really understand it. Um, it's something that it's being a practice for me, like even nowadays to really understand, wait, this is coming from my ego. Is that really my essence telling me what is it I should do? And I think I'll just try to feel it if it's coming like if it's vibrating a bit more where is vibrating that energy for me you know uh and again the 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 ask the the question that if it's coming from fear or from love also helps identify mm -hmm. because when it's coming from like ego it's really related to fear because it's almost as if it was a mechanism of defense for ourselves and the ego doesn't want us to fail or doesn't want want us to be embarrassed in front of other people and it's really how we relate to society so it normally goes and hides itself um, behind fear and while the essence it just it's all about trust it doesn't have any doubts 
you know, like when you don't have doubts is because you're, it's really your higher being saying like, yeah, that's what you need to do. Mm. So what about if you have, uh, other people's expectations, um, or other people's energies around this decision? How, how do you access your intuition in that case? Do you, do you do something to clear that out before you listen to yourself so you're not hearing other people's answers? It depends on if the decision affects only me or if it also affects the other ones. What, what are your question? So if it's just a decision for, for you, but okay. other people have their own opinions and you're picking yeah. that up. So that's, uh, that's really good, again, like to really understand how other people's energy can affect us uh, and having that awareness and really being able to connect with yourself. Uh, if the person knows how to clean their aura, even better, really understand, like really getting a lot of the crap out of our aura, you know, because we are always interacting with other people and everyone's energy in ourselves. So if we can clear that, uh, maybe cut cords from energies that are stronger, you know. Um, so for people who don't know what the aura is, can you just say what that is in a sentence? Okay. Um, I would say that it's like a, the energy field around us that is pretty much our energy. Well, and it's also carrying out our energies. Okay, so it's like a sphere of energy around you that contains your energy and other people's energy. Hopefully it would be only yours. <laughs> but, truth, <laughs> but truth is that we are always interacting and we are always exchanging energy. That's the thing. Like everything's energy. It's pretty much like this. So it's an extension of our body, but in a more energetic way. And then how would you clean that? how I clean that. Well, I have my own techniques, but I think it's good to try to visualize, try to rest with yourself, like quiet your mind, try to get in silence, um, far away from in a place that you're not really close to a lot of people. So you can just, uh, be with your own energy. I think for someone that doesn't even know what aura means, like just to try to silence their mind, it might be difficult, but if they can, um, try to connect with their body uh, feel you know like those exercises in which you're relaxing your body and try to feel what's going on with their body first I'm not going to talk too much about energy because otherwise it's, it might get too confusing so I think it's first like this connect with their own body and then with that energy as well uh and once they kind of start recognizing a little bit more what's going on with their energetic field or inside their body, it can be either, either physically or emotionally. Um, it, it changed so much from one person to another. People might have like uh, some sort of vision or hear something or just like sense it, you know, sense some parts of the body tickling maybe. Um, and really connecting completely with their energy um i like to visualize like a big gold rose close like in front of me or like in the middle of the living room or something and that big uh golden rose it's just kind of like um how, how do we say this like uh it's 
it will suck all the energy that is not mine. Like any kind of other energy that's not mine, I'll just let it go. So it's like an, like an auric vacuum cleaner. It's sucking yeah, out. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I imagine like that. Yeah. And then on top of my head, I have like a, this golden shiny sun, which is my higher self, which is like really illuminating myself completely with my own energy and all the other energies. I just put it on the on the rose. So if even if I have a headache or when someone tells me something that it's worrying me or something like this, I'll try to get that you know, get that golden rose, like, and just throw whatever is that worrying me in that thing. Um, and then after a while, just like get that rose and just throw it really far away in the middle of the universe to explode and transmute far away from me. Um, so I think that's my technique. I, I have a more complex technique, but like there's something called the rose meditation, but it wouldn't be able to explain here and I can't really do it. Uh, people need to go to a retreat for that. Well, and, I, I think and the, thing you, you, the thing you explained is, is a good way to start. Um, the other yeah. thing I find helps is taking a salt bath. So just getting some regular salt oh, or bicarbonate soda or, or Epsom salts and stick a handful of that in a bath and then just relax in the bath for 15 or 20 minutes. Definitely. I think like the sea water is perfect. Uh, before, when I was growing up, like, and I didn't know too much about meditation and stuff, I never understood what I was doing, but it was pretty much that. Like I would always, if I had too much in my head, I needed to go uh, to the sea and at least step on the sea. And then I just visualized that the whole, all my body is getting clean. Like everything that is not mine, it's just like going away, you know, and the, the sea is just taking everything away. I think that's why so many people have the experience that they feel good when they're at the seaside. Definitely. I, I'm pretty sure it really helps cleaning, like the, the salty water. And it's also like it's a bit of a mixture of the feeling of being nature, you know, and connected. And, you know, the ocean has a lot of power, so it can also really empower us. Mm. So I'm curious how you work with your guides and angels in your business. I think it's pretty much like when I'm really completely hopeless. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I know they are there, you know, and they are looking after me like always uh but i i'm more of a person that is trying to always show gratitude and be thankful for the things that are going on and you know i might f almost fall down the stairs and i say oh my god thank you guys you really rocked <laughs> and you saved my life right now um but but because i am very clumsy <laughs> but like with business I, of things it's i try to first really do things myself as i said like you know either rationally like taking the decisions with those questions or using the intuition and meditating but once i'm really completely in a way that in an environment that i don't feel connected that it happens a lot actually with me like depending on where i am if i'm surrounded by too many pragmatic people i just feel like i'm i get really disconnected like and I really have difficulty meditating. Um, my brain's working too much, and I really capture that energy from the place. And I even sometimes even forget, like, oh, those things really exist. You know, like you just kind of it, you just start leaving that routine and pragmatic, practical life. You know, 
So in moments that I really feel like I'm not really being able to connect with myself and getting the answers myself, then I just, I'll pretty much ask them. I'll, yeah, I, I really like looking at the skies and to the stars and just talk with the sky sometimes or talk with the angels and like saying like, oh my God, I really, where should I go? I don't know. Like where what is the path that I should take right now? Because it's really blurry. I don't know. And normally that also happens when I don't have external um, answers. It's not something that is depending on all on myself. Like my life is pretty much, um, yeah, I don't have all, all the control of my life right now. I'm creating a new life. So it's also about a bit of a surrender and saying, so uh, I'm expecting answers and those answers are coming externally. Like for example, a visa, you know, being accepted or declined or, you know, an appointment or in an embassy or things like that. It doesn't depend on me. So I will just ask for help, like for external help as well, like for my angels or the universe to just please show me the path. And do you ask them out loud or you're saying this in your head or you write it down or... Uh, I think people will have different ways of doing it. Like writing is a very powerful way, like to set our goals in writing, uh, to say what we want starts. That's a way to start materializing. Uh, but in my case, I'm really, I just say it out loud or if I'm talking with the universe, if there's no one around me, I'll say it out loud. If there are people around me, I'll just say it in my head. Uh, <laughs> And, oh. <laughs> and you hear you hear answers immediately or the next day or not immediately uh sometimes yeah sometimes i feel i can already kind of start feeling a, a bit of peace and calm like that comes immediately mm-hmm. you know that whatever it is it's gonna work out but the answers tend to come really quick like either on the same day or even like the next day and sometimes everything really changed completely in a way that is surprising and all the pieces of a puzzle are together and this is, can be very impressive wow sounds like a powerful um, thing to have in your business so you you mentioned a story where you were you, your guides and angels helped you out uh, getting a, a, a visa um, can you share that with us Sure. Uh, I think it was more of a, yeah, it was exactly this year, like in July, for example, I was telling you, uh, I was, for those who don't understand my, my story, I just closed my business in Brazil, left everything behind and start traveling the world. And now with so many opportunities in Europe, I started like, okay, I need a Lisa base. It's not that I'm, you know, I, I want to still travel and do things everywhere, but I needed to open, you know, because the world doesn't recognize you just as a global citizen. You need to have a residency somewhere. You need to open a new business, a trade license somewhere else. And so I'm applying for a visa. And then I had like many opportunities. Uh, I had about five invitations in August only to have, you know, accommodation to have a place for staying like the whole month. Uh, some things were vacations and some things would be like to uh, to just always like no money involved because I cannot work in Europe right now without the visa. But all like those opportunities 
I could, I just had to say no because I could not stay in the Schengen territory. I had to keep counting. So, uh, and I had an invitation to go to a vacation, like to work for them, like in Romania. I had a wedding in Romania uh, from France. I had, and I just couldn't say yes. And I, I just couldn't because I had to wait for the appointment for the visa that would be somewhere around Europe. And I also had to, at the same time, to get uh, my passport renewed. And that would have to be in a Brazilian embassy. So I had to wait for answers from two different embassies, like from different two different countries, that probably would be in two different countries. And I had to kind of somehow make it happen together. And the embassy, like, for example, for renewing the visa, they could take, like, the some needed appointment and they would take me, like, about one month. Some I could just show up, but it would take me 60 days to have it back. So it was a bit crazy. And some, they would just cut my passport and I wouldn't be able to even travel. Mm. Um, so I was pretty much emailing and calling more than 10 embassies around Europe to try to find out how I would do this. And there was a point that I was just like really exhausted. You know, my friend like wanted to know if I would come to her wedding. The girls, uh, the girl from the vacation who invited me to go to the mountains in Romania, she wanted to, of course, to know if she could come to me. And I was just feeling so frustrated and so exhausted and like completely out of control of my life. Uh, so I remember this day that I was just like, I was really exhausted and I was just like, come on, please, like, I know everything's going to be fine, but can you please hurry up and giving me the answer? Because I cannot take it. You know, I'm tired of not knowing what's going on. Uh, where should I go? How I should arrange this? I need to get out of Schengen. Um, and I need to work on, like, make this visa thing happen. I need to renew my passport. And there are too many too many options, not options, variables, you know, there are too many variables that are like right now pieces of a puzzle and I don't know how to connect them. Where should I go? And so just to travel. be clear to the listeners, you were talking yeah. to your angels and guides at that point. Yes, I was talking to the university pretty much. Yeah, I was talking to the universe. I also asked then for my angels, like, please show me, like, can you just guide me? Because right now I'm tired. You know, I was trying to look, you know, I keep looking sometimes for flights and I just couldn't even book anything, you know, you just don't know where you go. And we know that when we travel so much, sometimes we do need to plan a little bit ahead and I'm, I'm okay. I'm very flexible, but I go to an extreme sometimes that I just have no clue of what I'm doing next, like not no clue at all of what I'm going to be even like the next two days or something. Um, so in that moment, I was just having a breakdown pretty much. <laughs> and I was like, okay, can you just please, please just, I'm really tired. And I closed the computer. I was like, I'm not going to think about this anymore. Just show me what to do, where to go. How does that all comes together? And the next day, I had a confirmation of an appointment on the Czech Republic Embassy in Vienna uh, for uh, right before the vacation in Romania. And I had as well, like, the finally the reply from the embassy in Bucharest, which was pretty much the best and most 
easy way to get a new passport for me. So it was perfect because I could just like go on the way, you know, go to Vienna and from Vienna go to the vacation. Everything would work out because I would be outside Schengen. I could go to the wedding. I could go visit a friend as well in Bulgaria. It was awesome. And on the vacation as well, I connected with many people, like many friends from before, uh, made connections for the future as well. Um, yeah, everything, like kind of everything got together in a way that I would never ever be able to put it together like that. So, Wow, so that's a powerful method if you're feeling overwhelmed with too much information, too many options, to just ask the universe or ask your angels or guides to, to help you. Uh, I think so. Easy. It's not about just asking and not doing anything. Let's just remember that I was going crazy. I had already like emailed about 13 embassies or something like that. I had called a few of them. You know, I was really doing my homework. I was really doing everything already. Uh, but it's, I think it's about the acknowledgement that sometimes there are plans like that we don't really know what's best for us and maybe something that we are not predicting can just be arranged you know it can um yeah i think it's about trusting as well Mm. so i'd like to talk about clearing limiting beliefs in business because a lot of us um sure have things that we want to do in in our business but we hold ourselves back we have resistance yeah, um, definitely. And I know you're an expert on on this. So you gave a great talk on this. Um, so what, can you tell us a bit about clearing beliefs that get in the way? Maybe have an example belief that we can talk about. Um, sure. Um, for example, what happens that our we grow up having a lot of input from society, uh, especially from our parents, from our closest friends. Uh, and then we have pretty much beliefs that will be pretty much in our core uh, and saying whatever, like money is evil or, oh, I cannot show up too much. I, I need to be humble. Like uh, I always said that in Brazil, for example, it's a bit different from the American uh, culture in that sense. Like uh, I grew up really learning and hearing that I could not show up too much because otherwise people would be envying me and like it would attract me a lot of trouble. So I had to hide myself. It was how I grew up. Like I, this was mainly my the energy of my mom getting into my head. And because of that, I, I really even though I was always like pretty much of a mediator doing a lot of things and very proactive, I always tried not to, yeah, I would just shake if I would talk in public, you know, if I, I if I was in front of a camera, even worse, I would not be able to do an interview right now, for example. And about two years ago, I realized that in a entrepreneurship camp, because I was talking with many entrepreneurs and then the instructor came to me and he was like, what are you doing? And I was like, well, they were asking me about, I don't remember which topic was. And I was talking and he was like, yeah, there are seven or eight people talk, hearing you. And I was like, yeah, so what? And he was like, that's why your business is not working. And this was about the business that I said it before, you know, that I put it on hold. Uh, he was like, that's why I don't do the transition to your business, uh, which was a marketplace for kids. But uh, 
that's why you don't do that transition because you clearly still have to be talking with other entrepreneurs. They're listening to you. Why don't you, why are you not speaking to the camera? Why are you not really putting yourself out there? Why don't you have a blog? And I was like, no, I cannot do this. I cannot speak in front of people. You know, I just shake. And he was like, you're doing it now. And that really made me think. And in that same uh, entrepreneurship camp, it was uh, the blacksmith camp. Mm-hmm. And and then he, they, there was another instructor and he was talking about limiting leads. And I was starting to hear about those and about all the programs that we have uh, since the spiritual retreat even. So we had really great talks about how, you know, like the invisible world that we have, like everything that grows with us, like the other things that we hear, uh, they start manifesting our visible in our visible world because we just start taking the decisions based on our beliefs. Like our actions are going to be totally based on our beliefs. And that's what's going to make the creation of the world. Like that's what's going to materialize to us. And then after that, um, I just started traveling and somehow people start asking me more and more to talk and I still would shake and like be very like afraid and at at some point I really stopped and realized okay I really need to figure out why that's happening because it was totally uncontrollable like it wasn't something rational I would just like if I would start talking in front of a bigger group of people if I saw that the whole room was looking at me immediately my whole body would shake so I started meditating on that and try to really understand and then uh, exercise and I started studying about limiting beliefs and so I think that would be the example and it really can heal us when we do this so a simple exercise for example that your listeners can do is to really think of what is that they have in mind, like a goal that they really want to do, but they feel stuck. Mm. And then really try to see what are the beliefs um, that they have that might be on the way of that goal. You know, like, uh, and then they start breaking down, like try to think of their parents, for example, when they were childhood, how did they, their parents act uh, towards that topic for example money uh how did their parents like act around money like were they someone that spent a lot of money and had no care like uh that were careless on how they spend the money and so now the person's trying to save too much or were their parents more like very religious and they think that money is evil and they think that like oh every person that it gets too much money starts thinking just about themselves or whatever and that, you know, because of this, they just say, oh, I don't want money. I actually, I've heard so many entrepreneurs already think, uh, talking that's like, oh, I don't want to grow my business too much. I don't need money. I don't want the money. And I used to be like this as well. You know, I, for a lot of a lot of time, actually, I was completely blocked and no money was coming. You know, I would just do a lot of exchange. Mm. Um, so it is... So once we start saying, like, from a very rational point of view, even, like, uh, what are our memories uh, on money? And then we write down those things. What are our, our parents talking about? And then we really need to kind of substitute those beliefs and start, like, really creating. Either I create, like, three beliefs for each one of those negative beliefs 
from the limiting beliefs, I'll try to create like three good ones that are like an antidote for those. Mm. You know, like for example, oh, I don't need money because money is evil. I'll I'll say, look, no, I need money because I'm a good person, and with money, I can do great projects for so many people. You know, oh, uh, if I have money, I can also. Uh, a, make my business grow and like nothing else is going to be, I don't know. Um, then I will not waste that much time like thinking about money and then I can actually do more productive things. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you try to change the, the conception of money. Uh, money is just a tool. Money is a tool of materializing things on earth. So it's whatever, how I use it. If I want to use it for good things, it's going to be good. Money is not evil, you know, uh, things like that. So I think it's an important thing actually for any entrepreneur to really have the conscience of what are their blocks, what are the things that might be uh, on the way for them to achieve a uh, next level. Mm-hmm. That sounds powerful because I think so many of us have limiting beliefs. I, probably we all do. <laughs> we do. We, we always, we definitely do. We have so many programs. Um, and it's sometimes it's hard to understand. There is that beautiful phrase, I think it's from Maya Angelou, um, that, that says that we are most scared about like how powerful we are. I have to look at it and then I'll send you, but I forgot now. <laughs> yeah, I know the one you mean. Uh, we're more frightened about shining our light and being most powerful in the world. Exactly. To paraphrase it. Um, so you also mentioned that, you know, there are other techniques that you teach when you do a workshop uh, for clearing limiting beliefs, clearing the chakras, clearing past trauma. Um, so there's a lot more that can be done here. And then I think also the other thing is that often I notice businesses reach a plateau. You know, they grow to a certain yeah. size and then they, they get stuck. And that also can come totally. from limiting beliefs. So anywhere in your business that isn't working well or, you know, you've grown your business to a certain size, but you're having trouble getting it to get to the next size. Totally. Uh, I was... There's a limiting belief or limiting beliefs in the way. Totally. I think you, we are in the same symphony because you just captured my thought. I was really thinking of that, that to give that example, that a lot of times the plateau, it means, yeah, people have that tendency to think, oh, I can only uh, grow up to this point. I just need the money to come for this amount a month or I don't want to, I cannot handle too many people, you know, like uh, to have a big team or, or things like that. And it definitely, I, I always say one thing is that like no, um, no business will ever outgrow their founder. Either the founder will have to step away so the business can grow or the founder really needs to, you know, catch up on the, their progress and keep on growing. Otherwise the business will stop at some point and reach that plateau. Mm. So if people wanted to connect with you further, how would they find you? Do you have a, a place on LinkedIn? or? 
Yeah, they can definitely uh, Nicole Zelinga on LinkedIn, and they can find me over there. Uh, they can also connect me with me Zelinga uh, on Instagram or Twitter, and my website will be. Yeah, it's a surprise. It's gonna be launched later on this year, like as soon as some things are worked on. <laughs> great. Well, thanks so much for joining us today, Nicole. Thank you so much for having me. It was great. Get strategies and show notes at intuitiveleadershipmastery.com. What would it take to see you here next time on the Intuitive Leadership Mastery Podcast?